services are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Greatly appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, we've uh, got a, uh, a veteran of the uh, of the game with us uh, tonight and the multiple Eclipse Award winner, Jenny Reese. And uh, she is currently out in Vegas at the National Handicapping uh, Championship. So she's going to be uh, talking to us from Action Center, uh, where you're going to be giving out about $2.9 million over the next few days. And uh, Jenny has created, as if she needs it, another job. It's called the Thoroughbred News Service. And she's going to explain what that is, uh, but it, it for those of us in the media, it is a fantastic service where she's constantly updating the stories of today, and she uses some of the top writers. I know I want to ask her about the, uh, Jeremy Balin. It looks like he was a contributor. And the other major contributor who I respect so much, and he's been on this show a lot, and that is Gary West. And uh, Gary West now weekly on the Thoroughbred News Service is giving out his top 20 to 24, I guess that's the also eligible, uh, picks uh, for the Kentucky Derby. Um, And speaking of 20 horses going in the starting gate, Churchill Downs is building a brand new starting gate that will solely be used for the Kentucky Derby. As far as I know, it's built to fit in that mile and a quarter shoot with 20 horses. So therefore you'll no longer have the uh, hubbub about having to have the auxiliary gate. You may recall there was a big gap uh, that, that led out to the last horses in, in the field because the main tra- the main gate couldn't hold them all. So now we got a 20-horse gate. It's going to make for a cleaner break for everybody. But anyhow, you know, Jenny, we're going to talk to her about the Thoroughbred News Service, and we're also going to talk to her about the National Handicapping Championship. She's out there in Vegas right now. I believe she's going to be talking to us from Bally's. Now, an individual that's going to be out there uh, competing for the first time is a young man by the name of Kevin Kirsten. Um, he's only 30 years old, but he has risen to the role of publicity manager at Churchill Downs. Now, here's a guy that went to Bellarmine University. For those of you in the know, know that it's in Louisville. And uh, he had never even been to the races till he went to school. And now he is the publicity manager. He's a fast learner. And so we're going to talk to him about his his job at Churchill Downs and uh, how he jumped into it so quickly and became so good at what he does. And in the same Method. We're going to ask how he jumped in to handicapping contest and obviously has become very good at what he does there. Uh, he is in the uh, National Handicapping Championship. So we're going to talk to him about how he approaches the game. We're going to look at a couple of races. Of course, uh, 
probably the, the biggest of interest to a lot of people as far as points races. Uh, we are looking at uh, two Philly races and a boys. Uh, the race for three-year-old males is the Sam F. Davis, grade three, quarter of a million. They'll be going a mile and a 16th at Tampa Bay Downs. And uh, it looks like this is supposed to be the coming out party for Independence Hall, uh, his second start as a three-year-old. But his last start was on New Year's Day, so that was a ways away. And uh, that was also a win in the $150,000 Jerome. He's undefeated, a son of the red-hot Constitution, a son of Tappet, and uh, trained by Mike Trombetta. Uh, and Independence Hall will have Jose Ortiz in the saddle as he has his last two starts. He won the grade three Nashua as a two-year-old by 12 and a quarter lengths, won the Jerome by four, uh, although he did shy from the whip, but that's probably because he didn't even need to see it. Uh, he was on top at the half-mile marker and just extended his lead the whole way. But it's not the first time. He also shied from the whip uh, back in the Nashua, again, pulling away by 12 lengths, but uh, it might just be a part of being a young horse, being green, whatever. I'm sure Jose will be very cautious with his whip in the Sam Davis. But there's some there's some young shooters in there and some horses with credentials that uh, seem to be just getting better and better. Uh, do have a graded stakes winner from Canada in there in Chapaloo, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, won the uh, gray stakes at a mile and a 16th. Now that was on synthetic. He's going to be going on dirt at Tampa Bay, uh, but has been down there working and seems to like it. Uh, he's recorded more than one bullet workout at five furlongs, which is always a good signal for a younger horse. So, um, you know, he'll definitely be one to watch. A real close call for Aja Weed. He'll be break from the inside. Karen McLaughlin trainee, son of Curl and homebred of Shadwells, just missed in the Remsen Stakes to Shotsky by a half a length. Uh, Joel Rosario will be back in the saddle. Um, didn't fare well in the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland. Uh, but again, came back and ran a strong race against Shotsky uh, in the Remsen. Also, uh, in in here is a mystery horse, uh, Premier Star. Johnny V will be up on that one, undefeated so far. John V riding instead of Irad Ortiz. So that's the, the, the main uh boys race we're going to look at that has uh, derby points and then also at tampa bay is the hundred and fifty thousand dollars sun coast a mile and 40 yards we'll see who kevin likes in there and out at santa anita sadly a short field in the uh las virgenes a grade two two hundred thousand can only bring out a field of five. So we'll see who Kevin likes in there. Uh, so that that's a look at our guest, and that's a look at what's coming up uh, later in the show. A lot of interesting national news. That is for sure. So, um, again, one of the big ones is the, the National Handicapping Championship. Uh, again, uh, 
there's uh, these are the, the best of the best out there. We've had a lot of them on winning ponies, but we're talking about 2.95 million on the line. Of course, uh, the, the winner of uh, the NHC, we'll call it because it gets awful wordy, uh, will also be named Horse Player of the Year and uh, get an Eclipse Award at the end of the year. So um, uh, that is, is it's the pinnacle. If you're a handicapper, it doesn't get much bigger than that. And again, we'll be catching up on a lot of what's happening that with both Kevin and Jenny uh, during this broadcast. Now, uh, things aren't getting any less stickier for Ahmad Zayat as far as the $23 million lawsuit against him. Uh, now, there, there has been uh, a receiver put in charge by the state of Kentucky, Elizabeth Woodward, and uh, she's saying that Zayat's not turning over financial information as, as hard as they go uh, and as much as they try. And they say that uh, re in referring to like Zayat's side, using a motion to dissolve the order, saying that, uh, that the Zayat stables continues to display unfounded paranoia regarding the receiver's reasonable request for even basic business information from Zayat. I would don't know if I'll get the way in with this, but uh, again, we're looking at 23 million. Now, some of these horses, it looks like, uh, will be entered in some upcoming sales. Uh, but in the receiver's view, while it's true the horses are being cared for, due pr primarily just to the goodwill of the farm owners and trainers who couldn't allow any animal to bear the brunt of its owner's inability to pay bills, um, it's... Uh, they say that the care of the horses was not due to Zayat Stables having the means to afford that care. So a lot of people are, are, are eating the bills because they're not getting paid. But I'm sure these are extremely well-bred horses. And again, some of them will be entered in the phasing Tipton February sale and others sold at other auction. Uh, I don't even know how to get into this story as far as the Pennsylvania governor. He wants to raid the racing and breeding funds for two hundred million in essence putting horse racing and breeding out of business in pennsylvania now the more you read about it hopefully there are some things in place that can stop him from doing that and uh but basically as, as you read the stories uh, from the breeding farms the stud farms uh, and people that run the Pennsylvania program in general, they just say something's got to change. It's got to change fast or nobody's going to want to come to Pennsylvania and breed. So there's, there's plenty of that that you will be able to find um, on just about any website uh, you go to. Now, uh, last week uh, we did some handicapping here and looked at some points races. Uh, one was the seven furlong forward gale. And uh, very impressive in there was Toneless Shape, uh, who is now four for four lifetime undefeated. Uh, and uh, I read Ortiz had the call on that one. The horse went away at one to five. And the second spot was Street of Jeems, Dreams, Jonathan Kitchen's uh, upset selection in there. And uh, here's a horse you want to watch, a 22 to 1, Nikki and Papa, a half a million dollar Buckeye bred, broke so far out of it that she 
was never on the screen until the angle went to the turn. And all of a sudden she shows up and rallies to get up for the third spot. This was Nikki and Papa's first lifetime effort. Not bad at all for my friend, Ron Paolucci. I think we'll hear more from her down the road. Very short field at Oaklawn Park for the Martha Washington. But the horse you're going to want to remember is Taraz. She's undefeated now, a Brad Cox, homebred by Judmont Farm, a daughter of Into Mischief, last year's leading sire, one and a hand ride going wire to wire. There have been some rumors about whether or not she'd try to point to the Derby, and they said, no, we're going we're gonna to stay with the girls. And uh, Second was O. Serafina, who was second by six, so it was a far, far way back, but uh, Taraz wins by three and three quarters in an easy way. She'll be one to watch. And then in the swale stakes, no points, but this, still, this is an important race on the calendar. And the winner in here was Mischievous Alex. Guess who the sire is? Yeah, Into Mischief. John Service trains. This horse has uh, been staying on the East Coast goes down south farther at Gulfstream, gets the job done over Chivalry. The 8-5 to five favorite, Green Light Go, was third. And how about win number 3,000 for Bob Baffert? He gets it in a race named after a gentleman he used to train for, Robert B. Lewis, the grade three. And the uh, winner in here was 1,000 words. Now, he's undefeated. He's the son of Pioneer of the Nile, a million-dollar baby in the Baffert barn. Got stuck inside early, but Flavia and Pratt managed to get him out, put in a strong finish, and this horse looked like a million bucks. Uh, I guess the switch to blinkers didn't hurt, but he still remains undefeated, uh, but uh, was very, very impressive. A second, a strong finish by American Pharaoh's son, Royal Act, who was throwing blinkers on for trainer Peter Erton, and in the third spot was high velocity. All right, last but not least, before we get to uh, Jenny Reese, oh, is... I shouldn't say last, but at least we got two more, is the grade three Holy Bull, uh, a points race for the boys. The winner in here, one of my uh, picks early on as a two-year-old was Tis the Law. If you go back to that Kentucky Jockey Club stakes, just had the worst of it, was had nowhere to go. Uh, for the whole race, and finally Manny Franco got him a little bit loose, and he only got beat three-quarters of a length in that grade two race that also had derby points. So went off at six to five. It's the same. It's the funny side connections, folks. Sacatoga Stable and Barclay Tag in the second spot was A.T. Indian, and third was Holy Toledo, who was sent away as the favorite, a Chad Brown trainee. And let's not forget the withers for three-year-olds. The winner in here at five to one, Max Player, just blew by him for trainer Linda Rice. Uh, Dylan Davis was in the saddle, coming up from parks, getting the job done. Another horse that added blinkers in last start and looked very impressive in there. And second was Shotsky. Uh, who was on the lead shortly but got caught as the favorite. And uh, so that, again, was the Withers. So uh, that pretty much takes us through the major races that we covered here on Winning Ponies last week. All right. Well, 
We're going to take a quick break. Let me catch my breath. And when we come back, I do believe, from Las Vegas in Valleys, we're going to be talking to the queen of the turf herself, the media mogul, the head of the Thoroughbred News Service, the one and the only Jenny Reese. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and Harness Action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 Thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And with me, the multi-eclipse award winner and a warm friend of mine, none other than Jenny Reese. As if she doesn't have enough to do, uh, she has uh, ventured into uh, something new, started popping up on my computer a week or so ago, called the Thoroughbred News Service. And it's up to the date is kind of stories that everybody would want to know about. And it looks like she's pulled some uh, good people in with her uh, amongst those. One of my favorite people uh, we have on the show a lot, uh, Gary West, who's just one of the class act, well-studied, very cerebral. I love having him. He's going to be a part of uh, the weekly service, Thoroughbred News Service, and also just uh, as we put on our uh, website, get your pens out because we're going to let you know how you can subscribe to it. And guess what? It's free. Jenny, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm actually here in Vegas where I'm going to be helping out with publicity for the National uh, Horse Players Championship uh, at the NCRA stages. And, and uh 
it's a it's a very cool event, and I've even thought about some of the stuff that there could be crossings with the um, thoroughbred news service because there's some really good stories that are out there. And one thing we're trying to do with thoroughbred news service is trying to reach media that maybe the tracks publicity um, and industry entities aren't reaching. You know, they get all the people that are like the the trade publications and the people that are there in racing, but we're trying to reach out to TV stations and radio stations that might just need a bit of a clip of some video to, you know, put on a sports uh, broadcast about here's, you know, here's the favorite for the, you know, this prep coming up Saturday or the case we have storm the court, the two-year-old champion will be back in action Sunday in the San Vicente. Um, that's one thing that we, we're not trying to, replicate what tracks do. Uh, we don't have enough resources. We don't pretend to be everything to all people. We just think there's a niche there on the run-up to the Kentucky Derby, and this is a pilot program, to see if we can provide quality content and drop it in the lap and really work hard um, that, uh, uh, like, maybe if there's an owner from an area, contact me in that area. Did you know the owner of this horse? And we can give you this story. That I can say this because it's not done by me, but really well done, and it's free. And I think one thing is people think, what's the catch? And there is no catch. We're paid on the front end by a um, an interested participant in horse racing who wanted to be part of the solution and wanted to see to try to see more positive stories about horse racing out there. And um, I was enlisted to be, I'm in charge of the editorial content. So I work with writers and, and decide, I think we could use a story, like we could use a story on Storm the Court. So I talked to Jeremy Balin, who's a freelancer out in California, and sent out today a very nice story about Storm the Court. So it's, um, you know, it's been well received in some of the trade outlets. You know, use it quite a bit, and that's great. We love that. I don't want to in any way seem like I'm, you know, we're not appreciative of that. We just think, oh, you can't have too many eyeballs on this. We just are going to pride ourselves on taking a little extra step to work a little harder to find, like, one thing I'm going to work on tonight is find out what's the media around Paso Robles, California. That's where one of the owners of Storm the Court's from. It's also where my nephew happens to live, which is the only reason I know kind of where it is, but that's the kind of thing that we, um, you know, we're trying to do. Um, I think it's an extension of what I've done with the HPPA. And then when I go to the Breeders' Cup with the HPPA and Ellison, Kentucky Downs also sent me there. Um, we're really trying to place it. And video, John, as you know, has become so big. Uh, really, I get more mileage out of a three-minute video, iPhone, iPhone video, than um, a 25-inch story. Um, it can be multi-purposed if you're a, a turf writer and you haven't been able to get a hold of somebody and then you see this video, you can use the quotes. We are a news service, and we're not offended how people, they slice and dice however they use our stuff, as long as it's appropriate media use, social media, websites, TV, radio, um, websites, I hope to get in some newspapers. So you got to be ready to have some rejections. Um, it's a tough time of the year with college basketball going on. I'm hoping the Super Bowl just got over, but you mentioned Gary West, and we're really excited about he's doing a top 20. It's really a top 24 because he puts four also eligibles on there, his rankings for the Derby, and then he writes up 
thoughtful commentary piece to go along with it. And I think that's the kind of thing for some media outlets that um, maybe even like throughout Kentucky or some of the TV stations on their website that, like in Louisville, well, we want to have a presence, but we don't have people that can do that. We don't have the budget to pay them. Well, who better than Gary West? So part of my job is making sure they're aware of the content. Um, and it's, you know, part of the Jenny Reese's reinvention continues and um, <laughs> picked up that. Yeah. Oh, you! it's going to turn out, uh, we're going to find out you got multiple personalities because I don't know how one person does as much as you do. Uh, hopefully you find a couple hours a night to sleep. But you, you said something about three minutes ago that I've always professed. I've been asked to come in and, uh, different schools and talk to their sports marketing uh, departments. And one thing I tell them is something you already brought up was I'm like, yeah, you know, you're not going to beat the band, you know, in, in my region, let's just say to the Columbus Dispatch or the Cincinnati Enquirer or whatever. But if you find out a story about a guy uh, who did something rare that's having a success and he's from Medina, Ohio, well, seek out your local paper in Medina because if they find out holy cow, we didn't know anything about this guy, and now he's got a horse in a big race. Let's either run what was put in our lap or get some contacts and follow it up with, uh, hey, you know, you went to Turnbill High School and you were the football and the f- champion on the, uh, the, the, the statewide team, and then you got into horse racing. You know, it could turn into a whole local story. Oh, and yeah, you get, so it all- get me. Go. Get me that guy in Medina to have a derby horse. <laughs> I want him to have a derby horse, wherever that person is. Well, a couple of years ago, I could have got, well got you one in uh, mud, uh, in just down the road in Mahoning Valley. The The horse's name was Harlan's Holiday. He turned out to be a pretty oh, yeah, nice well, Yeah, we didn't exist back then, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> that would have been uh, something. But yeah, that's right. It's that heavy lifting. And I'm guessing the Medina newspaper that I would have to Google to get the they're not getting this stuff from the racetracks. They're not on their list, so this horse may not be on the radar. But I know I can rely on you to tell me when a comparable story comes up. That's what a lot of this is going to be. You know, it might be getting you to write the story. Um, is is uh, you know so and, and it's not just Derby connected stories. Uh, we're doing it now because a it's a, supposed to be a slower time of the year for me. It hasn't really worked out that way, but. Um, the attention in mainstream media that Derby gets that you don't get the rest of the year. So we're trying to capitalize on that. See if it's a viable, um, you know, template that maybe other, some other people in the industry might think, you know, this is, we'd like to help sustain this and, and uh, see where it goes, but it's not just so, so it's just any good story. We've been working on one. We have, <laughs> they had trouble making contact, but you know, Linda Rice just became the third female trainer to win 2,000 races. She did so in a stakes. And then she won another stake. Well, when she won the Withers um, with Max Player, she became the first woman to win 200 stakes. Wow. Uh, obviously, she was the first woman to win 199, but 200 just has a little more cachet. Sure. Um, and so, um, you know, we're working on a story like that. So just different things, just trying to get some of the, you know, Good positive stories um, about horse racing with interesting angles out there. 
Uh, well, uh, you, you know, again, it, it's a really valiant effort, and whoever your mystery supporter is, uh, I, I thank him or her because I, I think it's a it's a fantastic way to go. Now, let me ask you this because I, I started I forget what site I was on, and I started reading this story uh, about Storm the Court, and I realized, oh, this is from the uh, Thoroughbred News Service, and then when I saw Jeremy Balin's. Uh, byline on it. I wasn't sure what Jeremy did. I, I, I think he was, uh, um, I, I think he uh, was let go because he was being a little too bold on some of the stories he uh, was writing. Yeah, I don't know that he was let go, but he, they definitely put restrictions on him. I think I can say that. I'm not real intimate about what everything that went on, but you know, there was like on a social media, Jeremy was the Southern California, you know, of course, you know, writer and a news editor for um, for Blood Horse, and he was the one that really brought it to people's attention, all the horses that were breaking down. Right. And there was a lot of some hostility killing the messenger. Right. Um, but So he uh, felt there's just too many restrictions, and um, I don't mean to be speaking for him, but from looking at it from the outside, that's the sense I got. And so he... Um, he works for Bet America as an editor, a freelance editor. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, would you write this story? Um, and he said, yes. I mean, he's got a full-time job, basically, that he has to, to work around, as all of us that are involved in this do. But, um, you know, I hope to take some more advantage of Jeremy because he's a very good writer. He asked me, what do you want me to – what am I supposed to write about? I said Anything interesting with Storm the Court, I don't care if you do it with the trainer, if you do it with the, the owners or, or what. These were the same owners that had champagne, champagne room, right? And um, that, you know, was a two-year-old Philly champion a couple of years ago and stuff. Right. So I thought it was, you know, that they're, they're like unbeaten with horses that are at least 33 to 1 in the Breeders' Cup. Um, and, again, you know, we put in where the owners are, so I'm going to you know, approach the San Diego media, the one owner, and the other one, Paso Robles. And, you know, it's, I think the L.A. Times is probably a tough nut, but John Churwa does that daily newsletter, which for your listeners, if they're not, it's another free thing that he does every day. It's worth subscribing to. Um, and he, um, um, besides all the stewards, <laughs> but he puts in some interesting things that he links to something. So I'm hoping I can get him to um, um at least linked to, to this story. But, you know, maybe it's the kind of thing. He's used uh, stuff of mine before, like with the videos, taking quotes. He's always very good to uh, to attribute it. Well, you know what? In this line of work, like this, I don't care if it's, you know, I don't care if I have a byline on it or something like that. You know, we are a news service. Originally, we debated calling it Thoroughbred News Wire, and then we realized there are a couple of us that maybe were a little older than some other people. There are some people today that might not even the wire reference might be <laughs> completely lost on them. So we made a service. Um, but um, anyways, you know, we've, we've gotten a good reception. Um, I was exchanging emails with the PR person. A lot of this is going to be about networking at Lone Star Park. It's like, you know, we've got this Gary West stuff that that market can have for free. She's thrilled to send it out to her, her um, media contacts. And that's the kind of thing is people realize that there isn't a catch to it. And as you said, fans that just want to read some of this really good content and to get Gary West's um, weekly top 24 plus his whatever his 
take that week as analysis. So he had a fabulous feature with you know column on Steve Asmussen the week before. They can email me at TracksideJenny. That's Jenny with an I-E. So it's T-R-A-C-K-S-I-D-E-J-E-N-N-I-E at gmail.com. And just say, please put us on your email list. And, and let's say I'll put them on the one for this venture. But they could also put, put me on the everything list. And then they'll also get on my Ellis Park and my Kentucky Downs and my Kentucky HBPA stuff, too. Hey, it's all good. But I'm I'm glad you brought that up because uh, that that was the last thing that I was going to uh, to you know promote, and that's why I told everybody at the top of the interview get your pens and paper out because it is uh, one word trackside Jenny J E N N I E at gmail.com. Uh, so, so they can get it. Well, Jenny, I'm going to ask you to stay out for a little while because I think our friend Kevin Kirstein is down at the cocktail party and he's not oh. answering, he's not answering okay. his phone. So, uh, I'm going to send him if a quick text. You want me to stay out until you get in touch with him. Want me to text him on my laptop and say, they're trying to call you. Let me get down to the cocktail. I know. I you know I'm, tr- I'm trying to do, do the same right now. Uh, as we speak, I'm, I'm texting him, uh, because the thing is, I called him about an hour ago and just said, Hey, you good to go. And he sent me back that big old thumbs up. So, you, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There was some internet issues earlier down there, but they seemed resolved. I don't know what that would have to do with the phone, but one thing I'll tell you about is what we're doing with the, um, let me switch over to my NHC hat, which Kevin will be talking about. Um, he's doing like a video blog with us. He, um, I did a video at Churchill Downs with him Monday, I guess it was. We posted on YouTube and it was sent out it's on social media. And then he did one, uh, his first day in town. I think he was going to be doing another one. Maybe he's working on that. So to give the perspective of a first-time qualifier, and I will tell you also we have on Twitter, on, on the NTRAs and my Trackside Jenny Twitter, and also uh, the Trackside Jenny email, um, YouTube I did a video with Scott Coles, who is the defending. Um, wait a minute. I got a message from uh, <laughs> KK's listening to us, John. And he said, you're answering his phone. He said he never got a call. Make sure they All have right, the well, right number. I just sent him. My, 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 hey, it's not the first time my fat thumb didn't hit a wrong number. So I, 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 I just. I, I just I've got it in spades. Yeah. Uh, I'm, try, tell, I'm trying to do a hey, KK, if you're listening, I'm trying to do a handoff to you so I can go down to the cocktail reception. Well, wait a second. I, here, here's what I'm going to do. Since you can get them, I, uh, I'm, I'm he, checking. He texted me. I know, and um, maybe I'm calling the, the wrong number. Uh, That's something. Okay, I, I, I'm dialing six one zero four two zero six nine seven one. Is that the number you have? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah. we got him. We got him. My producer just came okay. in. And said, so, we well, got it's him. It's been great talking to you. Kevin's a fabulous interview, so I don't want to take any more of his time. And uh, <laughs> and have your friends follow him. I mean, your listeners follow him on He's Horse Racing KK on Twitter, the NTRA, it's hashtag NHC2020. Really, really, it's a really cool event. And I just wish 
it's really big, but I wish more entities in racing would really get behind this. Um, so a lot of really terrific stories in Kevin's one. So with that, I'm going to exit. All right. And I'm going to do my best to promote your, your, uh, uh, your your new efforts on the Thoroughbred News Service. I'll give your contacts out again before the show is over. Jenny, as always, thank you. And guess what? There's a cocktail party down in the lounge. You best be down in the <laughs> elevator in about 30 seconds, all right? <laughs> Sounds great. All right. We'll see you, John. Okay. Take care. Uh, that was uh, multiple, multiple Eclipse Award winner and writer uh, Jenny Reese, who's one of my favorite people. You can hear uh, it, just her upbeatness, her positiveness, uh, the, the way that, uh, that 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 she comes across um, is just is just fantastic. So uh, it looks like uh, we're pretty much uh, got. Uh, uh, Kevin now, and I'm not sure who was dialing the wrong number, me or my producer, probably me, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk with the new kid on the block, Kevin Kirstein from Churchill Downs. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and Harness Action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, a first-time starter on the show. Uh, Kevin, give me the correct pronunciation of your last name. It's Kirstein, but you can just call me KK if you need to, but it's it's Kevin Kirstein. Nobody ever gets it right. 
That's all right. I've worked with a couple of KKs over the years. That, that's funny. But uh, I also uh, I'm good friends with somebody that grew up in Philadelphia, my wife. And uh, <laughs> so I, I, I know that's where, that's where you came from. And uh, so you, you grew up in Philly. And then you moved to Louisville, going to Bellarmine University. And then you, like a lot of people, believe it or not, some people have gone on to become pretty famous, all of a sudden attended the races at Churchill Downs and just got the bug. So tell me what that first event was like, because I want to find out what enamored you with the sport to the point that you've really gone a long way fast. Oh, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I really didn't know what horse racing was until I, I moved to Kentucky to go to college. And uh, it was the fall meet of 2008 when I moved down here from Pennsylvania. The only horse I really knew was Smarty Jones just because, you know, he was getting played in the local media when I was growing up and going through school because of his Kentucky Derby win. And so uh, I knew of Smarty Jones, but not really the sport of horse racing. And then my freshman year of college, one of my friends, who was from Louisville, he took me to Churchill Downs for the fall meet. And I said, oh, man, this is pretty cool. I can gamble on this stuff. I'm only 18 at the time. And so uh, I thought that was pretty neat. And so um, I ended up going a couple of times during the fall meet of 2008 to the races. And then I went once or twice to simulcast uh, in the winter of 2009. And I went to the Oaks in 2009 as well. I still really didn't catch the bug. It wasn't really until October 2009, and there was a horse named Shrewd One who was a New York bred, and it was one of those times where I ended up skipping class and going over to the track for simulcast, and this horse was running at Belmont at the time, and uh, it was a first-time starter who was 9-1 to one on the board, but he was by Smarty Jones. And it was finally when I really clicked. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I probably have to bet this horse. He's by Smarty Jones. I know that horse. I put 20 bucks to win on him, and then in college, that buys you a lot of beers at 9-1 to one as a first-time starter. And ever Hell since yeah. that he won that race, uh, it, it just it, it stuck. And then I ended up skipping more classes to come out to the track, whether it be for live racing or simulcast during the winter. I ended up studying for tests and exams during, uh, during college at the track. And then uh, that's when it really stuck. And you know, I went through college and ended up taking the victory lap for four and a half years because I spent too much time early on in my college life uh, going to the track. But I was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do with my life. I spent uh, a number of years in TV and radio, including working in radio while uh, I was in college in Kentucky. And uh, I thought, man, this is cool. But I sort of saw the downhill spiral that radio was taking. And I wanted to try and figure out something else. And so i tried to figure out how I can get to working into horse racing. I ended up getting uh, caught up with a couple of clockers and they said, Hey, why don't you show up to Keeneland one morning? I'll teach you how to clock horses. This is really cool. So I ended up driving to Keeneland from Louisville and uh, I was clocking horses at five 30 in the morning on a, a cold morning in October. And uh, that just stuck. And so I ended up working for a clocking service for uh, about six months. I got signed on with uh, a, a news outlet after that, Horse Racing Nation, for a few months, working freelance for them. And then it was really time when I was graduating college, I needed to sort of soar the nest and find something full-time. And then ended up getting lucky and getting an intern position at Churchill Downs. Uh, that was a wild time, too, because 
uh, I didn't really get a, an upfront job interview. And I ended up finding out who the HR director was at the time. And he ended up going to the same bar that my wife and I would go to uh, just on a regular basis. I bought him a vodka cranberry and I got an interview the next week and ended up getting into <laughs> Churchill Downs and have been there ever since. Uh, yes, we all have our keys to getting into doors different ways. Well, uh, th- that that is just fantastic. All, all I can tell you, I, because I get all your releases, uh, you are extremely uh, hardworking. Uh, you, you're you're a good writer, but the thing I'm most impressed with you, especially knowing that you weren't born on the backstretch, is your whole boots on the ground approach to reporting. Yeah, and uh, it's it's sort of I'm one of those people that I don't like calling trainers or owners or jockeys, whether it be I'm doing a story on on the phone. I like to do more of an in person, and I, I feel like you gain a little bit of respect. Um, when you're going up to someone like that, Hey, I'm doing a story on you face to face, you know, you get their reaction, you get their, uh, your facial expressions and tones rather, rather than calling them on the phone. And, uh, so I've always been that way, uh, since I started this position at Churchill, I want to be there every morning time for the first horse to walk on the track at 515 until the last horse, Dale Romans walks off the track at 959. I want to be there. I want to be around the, the connections, the trainers, the owners, the jockeys. I feel like you gain a lot of respect with the main players of this game that way. And uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have a great uh, set of regular trainers at Churchill who are very open and uh, help me uh, get the news out there for their horses. They sort of get my job and make it easy on me. And that's a, a very lucky position to be in. And um, But it's, you know, it's different times of the year. It get, you get the new faces in town and, uh, it's a whole new uh, fun game to try and figure out, especially when uh, you get newer trainers and jockeys in there. And uh, that's what makes this job so much fun every day. Well, that's what made Jenny Reese the great writer she is, is that she can walk down Eddie Shedrow at Churchill Downs and everybody knows her name because she spent so much time there. <clears throat> of course, part of that was the fact that uh, you know, her, her husband is a trainer. Uh, but it just also she worked part time for him. So she knows how hard working these people are, but they all trusted her. That's the important thing. Jenny never took anything and twisted your words, uh, but she also didn't take any guff from management. And I know I'm walking in tender waters here, uh, but if people were voicing their opinion about something that was wrong, she would go ahead and write it at the risk of having her press release pulled. And luckily they never did because they realized she's way too good for this game here in our backyard than she is by hurting us, by mentioning maybe something we're not doing right. And let's take a second look at it. I, I always respected that. Now she didn't work for Churchill. As you know, she worked for the Louisville Courier at the time, but she just gained that respect because after you interview somebody and you meet him for the first time, next time you see, hey, Dale, how you doing? How's that young horse Dennis's moment? Is he coming around? You know, just things like that. And all of a sudden you got the inside scoop and you go, yeah, I was there with the day that horse broke its maiden. Uh, I'm just pulling his name out of a box. But uh, now let's twist it a little bit here, KK, in – your handicapping expertise has got you sitting out there in Vegas right now. How did that all come about? Well, it, it was uh, sort of a, a little bit of a long time coming. I um, 
I always thought the contest world was very intriguing. It's sort of just like a puzzle to try and figure out. And, you know, I, I like gambling. I like play, betting the horses on day-in and day-out basis uh, as long as it doesn't conflict with my work. But um, I thought the contest world was interesting. And the Keeneland Grade 1 Gamble, which is sort of in our backyards, just uh, 70 miles down the road in Lexington, I thought this format of this contest is very interesting because it's a live money contest. Uh, you start with a bankroll, and then you can make different uh, wagers, and uh, you can use multiple horses in different races to sort of maximize your opinion. And so it took a couple of years until I can uh, get the guts to put up the three grand to go into the tournament, and then I, I, I finally did this past spring, and I did extremely well. I ran, I finished third uh, in that contest. It was the most nervous I've ever been betting uh, any types of horse races. The, the money that I was betting was something that I've never even thought of betting that amount of money on a horse race, but I did very well. I finished third. And then uh, as part of finishing third, I ended up getting the seat to the NHC. The NHC is a different format than the live money bankroll uh, contests are. So it's sort of retooling my brain a little bit for this format here in Vegas this weekend. Uh, but that's another bit of the puzzle. that's pretty fun to try and solve too, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days, but uh you know, it was really the the live money contest that ended up getting me out here for for the NHC. Oh, that 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 is fantastic! It really is. Well, again, you're going to be in a room with the best of the best, and I've heard you mention that. You know, the fact that you're surrounded by these great handicappers, many have already won the contest or have won numerous contests to get them there. These guys are good. There's no doubt about it. But different people have different approaches to how they uh, approach a tournament. Now. Uh, a um, a significant uh, challenge that I think you have in a contest is getting around the four to five shot. So if you've got a minute, did you look at the Sam Davis? I did. Okay. Obviously, Independence Hall, undefeated uh, by the Red Hot Sire Constitution. Uh, you know, he, he's... Uh, done nothing wrong in his career they haven't changed anything um i see he had a bullet work at tampa uh not too long ago uh and i've got certain keys i look for in handicapping one is equipment change and then a bullet work the other thing is a young horse or horse that's a race for a while showing a bullet at five furlongs this horse shows that so right now i'm thinking Independence all can't lose. If you're in a contest, you go, well, crap, I'm only going to make $3.20 on this horse. Do you try to go around him or do you go all in on a horse like that? And if so, who would you go around him with in the Sam Davis? So this race is, you know, going to be a pass race. I will not play this race in the NHC. Sort of my mentality with the whole contest as a whole is my goal is to make it to Sunday and to make it to the cashers round. And so doing the research over the last couple of years, say you win 30% of the races, you bet 36 races over the course of two days from eight different tracks, say you win 30% of the races, which I think is a pretty good benchmark to try and and have, you have to pick at least on average an eight to one shot 30% of the time and in order to make it to Sunday. And so uh, when I look at a race like the Sam Davis and I see that, you know, Independence Hall is incredibly talented and i think he could be the real deal on this uh, derby trail 
Uh, I, I don't see another horse in here that would be around that eight to one ish price that uh, I'd be willing to take to try and bet against him in the contest. However, if you're playing this race sort of uh, casually, as uh, if you're playing, you know, the pick fours or, or something like that, the horse that's a rail for Kieran McLaughlin, Ajaweed, is sort of a little bit intriguing. He'll likely go off as the third choice in here. Uh, he's four to one on the line, but Joel Rosario. Uh, is coming into town from California to ride this horse. And I think he ran a really good race in the Remsen. I don't think the Remsen came back all that strong of a race. Shotsky, who we saw ran second last week, I think he's a sprinter and probably doesn't want to go a two-turn distance. So he's running second to that horse. But I do think this horse has a lot of upside and probably a lot more upside than Shotsky, who he, he lost to in the Remsen. Again, they're trying to get to the Derby on the first Saturday in May. They don't have to get there on the first Saturday in December when this horse ran in the Remsen. So this horse is a little bit intriguing uh, for Kieran McLaughlin, who I'm very excited he's going to come to Kentucky again and have a stable of horses at Churchill, it looks like. So we'll be excited, hopefully, to see him uh, in, in May. But I think this horse is, uh, has some upside. And if there's anyone to beat Independence Hall in this race, if he stubs his toe, I think uh, he's the horse. But, you know, maybe this isn't exactly a 4-1 in here. But for the NHC, it's going to be a race that I'll pass on. Um, uh, I just wanted to ask you, did he get a chance to look at the Las Virgenes or the Suncoast? Cause they're both Oaks points races. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's go with oh. the one that's got the bigger field and that would be the Suncoast. That's also, uh, at Tampa Bay. And, uh, I don't see anybody that really jumps off the paper. This looks like a fairly competitive race. Yeah, it's very competitive, and this is a race that's actually a mandatory race on Saturday, so I have to play this race in the NAC, and I think they've probably made a good decision, the the crew at the NTRA, making this a mandatory race because of how competitive it, it is in here. Um, there's a lot of Phillies in here that uh, are maybe trying to go to Tampa and uh, maybe try and find a lesser of a race with Gulfstream down the road. I think there's going to be some talented Phillies that will run at Gulfstream rather than uh, running at Tampa in this race. So you're going to see some other trainers that would reroute and go to the Suncoast here at Tampa. Um, horses like Blame Debbie for Grand Motion, uh, who ran a decent third in the Demoiselle last year. How will she come back as a three-year-old? She's a bit intriguing. Uh, Comical, who's the first time in the Steve Asmussen barn with Joel Rosario. Uh, that horse will probably get bet a little bit after uh, the, the near second-place finish in the Chandelier. Didn't run well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. So she'll probably take a little bit of action in here. Um, you know, I, I wanted to use turtle tracks as much as I could in here, just because I like to root for the Ian Wilkes barn. Um, I, I do think that this horse probably doesn't want to go that far. She's maybe looking for stakes placing um, for the breeding shed come the end of her racing career. So that could be a thing to try and get her uh, stakes placed in this race. I don't know if she wants to necessarily go the, uh, the two turns in here, but it's a, you know, as you said, on paper, very wide open. This is going to be a contest race where you're going to have the room at Bally's. There's going to be a lot of yelling and a lot of people waiting on the edge of their seat because uh, you're going to get a square-priced horse, I think, no matter where you look in this field from Suncoast. And uh, I don't know exactly know where I'm going to land yet, but, uh, you know, the good thing is I have uh, a full uh, 36 hours until I have to figure that out. <laughs> well, Kevin, it has been a real pleasure uh, talking to you. Uh, I wish you the best out there in Vegas, and uh, it's 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 been great talking to you. And this won't be the last time you're at Churchill. 
it's getting to be derby time and I will be in touch. Thank you very much for spending time with us this evening. Absolutely, John. Really appreciate it. And, you know, just 85 days until the first Saturday in May. All right. Well, I'll get your phone number right and I'll be giving you a call. Absolutely. Take care. <laughs> All right. All right. And thanks again, as always, uh, to, to Jenny Reese uh, for for joining us again. Her uh, the thoroughbred news service. Just go to TracksideJenny at gmail dot com and you'll be getting the emails free of charge with great information for uh Everybody, all of you listeners, I want to thank you. Remember, if you got a friend that wanted to catch up on the show and missed it, all these will be on podcast. So I am out of here. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.